Hey everyone, and welcome to another episode of Honest J Interview. I am glad that you are here, and I hope that this podcast encourages you in the Lord. Continuing the topic in regarding the matter of unity among the word emphasis or so-called reformed evangelicals and the spirit emphasis or so-called charismatics, I have been connected with Nick Maguera, who've been a long ministry with his parents called HUB, which stands for His United Body, which calls to the unity of various denominations to the gospel. We discussed today on his family's experience of shifting from one emphasis to a balance and the difference between the two camps in addressing the reasonable need for contextual grounding of the gospel among some of the charismatics or Pentecostals. And by the way, Chicago pizza is as good as Nick says and I have personally confirmed this just a couple of weeks ago. Nick and Naomi Maguera are missionaries called to Madagascar as their ministry name says to go and love. You can find all about them on YouTube channel Go and Love and their website goandlove.com. Thank you for joining us today and enjoy this discussion. Hey guys, welcome to another part of our Honest Jay interview and guest I have here today is Nick Maguera. Maguera, is it right? Is it right? Maguera. Maguera. Ah, okay. <laughs> wow, okay. <laughs> I thought I was that I had it right. Okay, but anyway. Yeah, I think you actually are pronouncing it the correct way. And so now that we live in America though, we pronounce it like, you know, <laughs> the American. Oh, way. is it? So oh, is it's it? Polish though, so right. Poland, I think it's Maguera. Well, so accidentally, I happened to get it right. But anyway, I was introduced to this man by uh, Joshua Minter, the person I have interviewed the other time. And um, he introduced me, he told me about his ministry of HUB, which stands for His United Body, which I immediately thought I would love to talk to this person. I would love to talk to this man um, because, you know, this is what our heart is about. And it is more of his parents' ministry, but he obviously has had a lot of influence. He's... Uh, been all over with his life. So I'm, gonna, I'm actually going to be asking him more about the ministry as well. But he is with a daughter and his wife. And he said his favorite food, I asked him his favorite food is, I think it's just uh, something interesting to ask. And he said, pizza from Chicago, any, anywhere, any Chicago pizza. And he said, fight me, New Yorkers, fight me. <laughs> right, exactly. Right. <laughs> I lived in New York as well. So yeah. <laughs> okay 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 yeah. is it a thing going on between chicago and new york about pizza well yeah i mean if, if, i every new yorker and chicago and will understand that reference everyone else i'm sorry to make a joke that you don't understand ah. so. <laughs> okay so apparently there's a thing going on there's a little uh, fight between our pizzas <laughs> okay interesting well and the italian audiences would just uh be quite mad by now but anyway <laughs> <laughs> anyway so um he uh, he and his family has their own separate ministry called Go and Love Ministry, which I am going to be asking them actually right now about them as well. So, well, anyway, uh, welcome, Nick. Welcome to our um, interview this time. Yeah. Thank you. So excited to have you. And uh, yeah, the few clips and the, the, the briefings that I've heard with you in our previous conversations, like, man, I'm ecstatic to be here. I'm pumped. Nah, that's amazing. That's amazing. I think um, I have sent you like the list of things that I want to converse with you about. And I am I'm genuinely um excited for this as well you know i i would i love talking about conversing about these issues and uh as you have said about you know hub his united body and so can, can you just explain to us uh, what uh, what the ministry is i mean i actually saw on the websites i saw that you guys have like past speakers uh from various denominations and, and and having conferences with people including including people like randy clark mike Bickle, james gall and etc um so can you explain a little bit on that 
Yeah, and so um, Hub, Hub Ministries or His United Body, it started with my parents and they still run it, you know, today. Um, some nights it's a very simple Bible study where they just, you know, all right, we're just going to go in the Word today and, and go over these passages. Some nights they worship the whole night, but in the end, they just want to follow what God's leading them to do. And so, um, you know, they they put on different conferences as well. And yeah, they're they're blessed to have a lot of connections to bring in different speakers. And so generally they try to do two or three a year. And it just has become a really nice network of various, um, you know, denominations of Christians. Um, and the, the end message is that, guys, it's okay to, you know, be different, have different views on some topics, but there's one topic we all have to agree on, and that's what the gospel is. It's if you put your trust and believe that Jesus died on the cross to take away our sins, you're in good company. You know, we can, we can bicker and fight over the other stuff, and that's mm -hmm. all great and dandy, but what the gospel is, we need to unite over that as Christians. Mm -hmm. And, mm -hmm. um, yeah, so um, husband going on, you know, they did a lot of ministry before that, but it's been going on my entire life. I remember the first few meetings that we had in our house, um, and, uh, you know, we were very n new to the, you know, what the Holy Spirit was actually up to. Um, and I just remember seeing a lot of amazing things happen and we were just kind of like, you know, we had the goggles on, we we're just like, what is going on here? So, right. yeah. Um, right. but very open to, you know, it all as well. Right, right. No, that's, that's, that's great. So, I mean, it is a network, right? I mean, as, as the word says hub, I think it, it really fits in quite nicely on what, what it's about. Um, so when it comes to hub, like what is like, is there a vision or a specific strategy? I mean, as the, as the, as a, as the acronym is called, he is United Body is like a, is there some sort of an intentional, um, a vision or a strategy that you guys are looking at and, and creating this, uh, in helping our way towards, uh, his United Body? Yeah, you know, just like I said, the, you know, as, as our, our big message is that, you know, you guys, we need to unite over the gospel. And so, um, you know, practically, there's a lot of uh, evangelism training that, that's going on. Um, there's a lot of worship that goes on. There's a lot of Bible study that goes on. There's a lot of prayer that goes on. There's a lot of healings that we see from those prayers. Um, if it's your first time at Hub, you're generally going to get prophesied over and there's a lot of prophecy <laughs> training going on as well. And I so, see. yeah, so, um, you know, really the message is, is guys, we just want to put aside our differences and come together under, you know, what Jesus has done for us. Um, mm. And mm. based off of that, it's created this amazing network of different churches from different denominations and backgrounds and um, different beliefs on different topics, but mm -hmm. with the realization that we can come together with unity. And I think it's been an amazing thing to see the body of Christ unite, um, you know, over the simple gospel. And, you know, mm -hmm. we can put aside our differences and come together. Um, mm -hmm. I know one conference we had, we took note of different denominations. And uh, in, in one room, we had over 26 different denominations. So, um, I, yeah, I haven't really experienced other places quite that unique. And um, it was just, it was amazing that we can come together under the the wow. cross of Christ, wow. so yeah, it was cool. Wow, I don't even know how many denominations there really are actually. But twenty six sounds like uh, in, under one room, it sounds like a lot. Twenty six like sounds like a lot to me. Yeah. And then when we yeah. find out, like when we've done research of how many denominations there are, it's it's it hurts. It like really, really? does hurt. Yeah, really? it's like if I remember correctly, it's like thousands. It's it's a lot. Wow. So wow. Yeah. yeah, but. Yeah, uh, yeah. You know, that's okay because, you know, all right. those denominations, right. as long as they believe that Jesus died on the cross, take away our sins, hey, we're, we're in the same family here. Right, 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 right. And I think, you know, 
some some division, some exclusivism, I guess they are also. Yeah, I think we're going to be moving on to this conversation as well with regards to you know unity and compromise versus the truth and exclusivism. Exclusivism. Uh, but that's just before we get into that, right? Um, I think the the greatest contention that we see in the body of Christ. Uh, when we do want to talk about unity is definitely the division between the, the word emphasis out of the people and the spirit emphasis out of the people. And I don't know what other terms we would just put it in and call it that, you know, because, yeah, you know, I don't know if there's like a better words for them, um, which I will get to explain a little bit early, later as well. But, you know, uh, some, pe- some people take the scripture as to say like, well, Jesus said that we ought to, when we worship, we ought to worship in spirit and in truth. So we need to have both the spirit and the word of God. You know, honestly, like, uh, to me, that doesn't sound too right, I guess, in some way. You know, like, can you can you have the spirit separate from the word? And can you have the word separate from the spirit? Like, you know, type deal. I hear you, man. Like, yeah. yeah. But I yeah, want to ask you. Uh, oh, yeah. So I was just going to say, like, everything I do, I want it to be word based. And so um and it's tough too because there are a lot of tough scriptures that i think that are needed to dive into and study deeper and um i think a lot of christians a lot of the division has happened as well because of arrogance and not wanting to realize or recognize that they could be wrong um right and so that's been a big part of my life is realizing like hey i I don't know everything um Mm. and be okay with that and it's it's been tough just because there's certain things that i'm like so passionate about and then years later, I'm learning things completely different. And I'm thinking, wait a right, second, what was right, I doing? Right. And so, yeah, but uh, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, that, it's, it's a great thing. You know, I think we're, as we're all uh, maturing and growing, we, we get to see the bigger picture. I think that's something that we all ought to like walk, uh, try to walk into, I guess, um, as the spirit leads us and guides us. But I want to ask about, I want to ask about your background, because last time we had a chat, we, you told me about how your family family background and yourself has also been quite that um, evangelistic, baptistic, or, you know, traditional, conservative, typically, like, word emphasis uh, side of the, the, the church and congregation. And now you have, you have all of, you know, as the ministry is now and the people associated with everything. And so, so like, what has, what had made the transition? Can you share, like, a short uh, story of yourself on that? Yeah, I mean, the only explanation is God. (laughs) And so, um, you know, when I was younger, my parents, they uh, ran a really awesome church. um, And it was strictly evangelical church. Um, You know, the Holy Spirit was very briefly mentioned, but, you know, never really um, engaged with or anything like that. Um, And, you know, I don't think that that was to a fall. I think that, you know, we were very much trying to follow what what the Bible says. Um, then, uh, my parents, uh, this was back in what, 90, some, somewhere in the mid nineties, they, um, heard what was going on with this revival in Toronto. And my parents had done a ton of research of historical revivals throughout their lives. Mm. And they would always pray and say, God, if, if any of this is real, and if there's a revival actually going on, mm. we want to be there, you know? And if it's, if there's something that says it's a revival, but it's not, we want to be there and we want to, you know, see what God actually has to say about that mm. and how we feel about it. Mm. Um, so they went to Toronto and they sat in the back and they said, okay, guys, we are here to observe. We're not going to do anything. We're just going to watch and see what happens. And they did that for the first day and they thought, huh, like, okay, there is some weird stuff going on that we, you know, don't quite understand and can't really Mm. explain. Mm. Um, You know, day two happened 
day three happened and they said, okay, you know what? Maybe let's just get prayed for just very quickly. And, but we're going to make a pact right now. No one fall down. All right. <laughs> so, so yeah, they, uh, you know, I think it was Randy Clark, actually. They, they came there to oh, see okay. John or not. And they were really excited to hear John and Carol. And that weekend, John and Carol were out of town and they were thinking, oh man, we got to hear this Randy Clark guy. And it was one of Randy Clark's first times actually like, you know, being there. And so they were really blessed by that. Yeah. But um, yeah, they were prayed for really for the first time there in Toronto. And they said, okay, stand, stand firm and tighten up and let's be prayed for. And they pray for my mom and dude, she's on the ground. And my dad's thinking, like, no, what are you doing? Like, why are you doing this? Why are you acting? And she's, you know, on the ground shaking and, you know, to this day, can't explain it. Um, and, uh, you know, my dad gets prayed for and absolutely nothing happens. And he just sits there and he's thinking, okay, you know. And uh, it's been something that, you know, has, in my mind, has kind of plagued me just because I've seen so many, like, amazing things. And when people get prayed for, like incredible healings and then incredible weird manifestations that I can't explain. Mm-hmm. And then I think to myself, like, all right, well, why, why don't these manifestations happen to me? Mm-hmm. Um, because when I get prayed for very, like my dad, very rarely will I move. And so, you know, I'm mm-hmm. generally staying firm. And yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. And so I, you know, I had a dream one time and I thought this was like a very, like, um, it was a very healing dream for me. Just because um, I, I, I never want to fake anything. And mm-hmm. so um, my whole thing is when, when we see these weird manifestations, sorry if I'm getting into an off topic here, but oh, yeah, right. when oh, we right. get these weird manifestations, we figured, okay, there's one of three things that's going on here. Number one, these people, they're faking it. And it's clearly, you know, that's being faked. Yeah. And yeah. in our opinion, it's okay, what better place for them to be to get healing? And we need to pray for them more. Let's, let's keep them here in the church. Um, because obviously there's some kind of, um, you know, thing of, you know, appearance thing where they're trying to convey and, you know, we need to pray for them. And so let's pray for them. Um, the second thing that could be going on is that it is demonic and there is something, you know, demonically that's attacking them. And, you know, that's why they fall or they're shaking or something. And, um, you know, what better place for them to be than at the church right now? Let's pray for them guys. And so where else, you know, would we have them be? Or the third thing that's going on is God's actually touching them. Mm. And what better place for them to be than at the church right now? And let's pray for them. And Mm. so, you know, with seeing a lot of these manifestations and a lot of these things going on that, you know, religiously and biblically, I I really can't explain. In Mm. my opinion, I see it as, okay, well, what better thing for me to do than to pray for them, you know, and, and not judge them over this. Um, mm. Just because if one of those three things is going on, it's I, 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 I'm, I'm bound to pay for them either way. Um, and so, yeah, I don't know what got me on that tangent there. But uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, they uh, they left Toronto and, uh, you know, they're very impacted and they left and they said, OK, we're not going to bring this up at all. No one, you know, bring this up and no one bring this back to our church. What happened in Toronto stays in Toronto. And that's that. And uh, yeah. <laughs> so the first Sunday they were back, my mom was in the bathroom and one of her friends walks in and says, oh, you know, and I can't remember exactly what it was, but it was something, something was plaguing her. Let's just say it was her arm. And she was saying, oh, my arm's hurting her, hurting me. And my mom goes, oh, well, can I pray for you? And the lady goes, yes, thank you so much. And walks away because, you know, with their yeah. church, they would pray for them later. You know, it's never in person. Right. And um, my mom goes, no, no, no. Can I? I lay my hands on, on you and pray for you now, like the Bible says. 
And the lady goes, okay. And she lays her hands on her and boom, the lady's on the ground and shaking and laughing. And my mom was like, oh no, what has happened? <laughs> and so it's a weird thing that, you know, they haven't asked for, I haven't asked for, but we've experienced this and we have mm. no other explanation that God's moving. Mm. Um, and hey, if he's not moving, we're still going to pray for people. It's not like we're, we're calling on anything other than, than God to be touching people. And so sure. yeah. uh, nothing yeah. else is welcome. But yeah, from there, unfortunately, there was a big split in the church they were at because obviously some people were very uh, for what was going on and some people were very against if, you know, um, Mm -hmm. not seeing that as a potential thing that God would ever do. Mm -hmm. Um, And so from the split, uh, my parents said, okay, you know, we're going to leave and we're going to just do a small Bible study. And and every night we're just going to ask Holy Spirit, what do you want to do tonight? Which is a very strange terminology for them to say at the time, especially. Mm-hmm. Um, just because there was a loud emphasis on God, the father and Jesus, the son and, oh, and, and the Holy spirit. <laughs> and so, but you know, you don't really talk about the third one too much. And so, um, yeah, so they started this, this little meeting in their home. And a few months later, there was over 300 people in our house and it had to expand from there. And, um, you know, nothing else was going on other than saying, God, what do you want to do tonight? And mm-hmm. we're just going to say yes to that. So, um, yeah, it was an amazing time. Um, it was also a really tough time too, because a lot of those relationships that we had, uh, you know, were severed or, um, or, um, yeah, they were definitely impacted, but Mm. so many new Mm. things that were going on were just so incredible. Mm, mm, mm. Right, right. Yeah. So is that how like you have transitioned, your family have transitioned from this more of a traditionalist, uh, a form of, uh, evangelical to a more, you know, spontaneous like spirit guided type of lifestyle and but it did cost, right? It costed that that sort of a division that had to happen for the people that did not agree and stand with and for and so. And, yeah, uh, and I think because of that division, that really instilled to us, like, all right, the people that didn't want to things to change, they didn't, you know, want to accept this that God was moving. They're still our brothers and sisters, and mm-hmm. we still love them. We're you know best friends with them. Last week, and mm-hmm. so I think that was a big reason that we're so instilled that it's okay to have things that you know we differ on as long as we have our main foundation of the the truth and the gospel Mm -hmm. um and i think that's one of the big reasons of why we instill that so much and why you know we really focus on that so much Mm -hmm. Um, just because a lot of the other things are all side topics you know if someone knows everything to do with the holy spirit or if someone knows every little topic of how uh, to baptize someone or knows exactly how the creation story happened, but they don't put their trust in Jesus, you know, what are they doing? And so, um, yeah, so that's why the focus is that. Mm-hmm. And, and I definitely want to be getting into that because as for me, um, as I have probably mentioned with you last time as well, when we had chat, uh, I am, I'm also a person who has kind of, I have a similar experience of, you know, both the word and the spirit. It was kind of like, a. Uh, I've been very like exposed sort of equally, I guess, but you know, I really appreciate and understand the messages that the word guys actually stand for in, in, in many ways. Um, and I, 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 it's because I understand where they are coming from. I sometimes stand on their side and, and I sometimes stand on like the other side and sort of a deal. Right. Deal, and right? yeah, so we're able to like, so that's why I want to create this conversation by asking these, uh, the questions that might be that, uh, well, for the words, the emphasis side of people might have the the concerns to ask about, you know, because I think when I converse with people or when I listen to what they have to say, 
the people who are uh, really standing for and advocating for truth according to their conviction, right? I mean, well, you got to give it to them, right? I mean, they're, they're doing what, they're, what is convicting to them in some ways, right? But, um, uh, but then there's like, there's misunderstanding and miscommunication that's, that's sort of going on uh, with the different languages that we use and different, we hear with the different kinds of ear, we use different, we, we use the same word, but then when we look at this word, we all see it completely different. For example, like prophecy, right? The word, the way, the way the spirits emphasize people understand prophecy is, is in this very one typical view. Whereas I know the people who stands on the word side, what they totally understand as what prophecy is, you know? So uh, we want, we're going to be talking about that uh, soon just now, but uh, just before we move into that, like, so is there what? What is what do you uh, specifically appreciate about um, the word emphasis out of the people? Are you also having to come from that fourth of uh, background? And so, is there something that you really look and say this is something that you know uh, the people who are typically more spirit led can learn from? Probably. Well, my yeah, my my big thing is like we wouldn't have this emphasis on the gospel if we I, I believe if we didn't come from this heavy emphasis on the word. Um, you know, and that's one of the knocks that I would have on, um, at least a few churches that are very spirit led churches that I've seen is, you know, there's amazing manifestations that are happening in the Holy Spirit and just incredible worship and miracles and, uh, a lot of wonders, um, that, you know, I totally believe that are from God, but you know, how much do I actually hear the gospel? Not that often. And, um, mm. and sometimes when I do, it's not very clear and it's a little confusing. And mm. so at least from mm. my foundation and where we came from, it's like, all right, you know, there's a clarity in the gospel. And I've seen that a lot in at least where we came from, from our heavy word emphasis church that we were at. Um, and a lot of the heavy emphasis word people that I have right now, like that's the big focus that they have. I have, right. <laughs> I have a good friend of mine who is very heavy word and, um, you know, we, we've, I don't know, not bumped heads, but we've definitely had some very interesting conversations with each other that really have stretched each other. And we've really, I mean, both of us have said, said we, that we've grown a lot from each other's conversations. Um, but one of his big worries that he had for me is when I take my family overseas and we start, you know, ministering, he said, okay, well, you know, tell me how does, if someone dies right now, how do they go to heaven? And, uh, you know, as long as we we're on the same page with that, he was okay. And it was so cool that, you know, I was okay with that. And, um, you know, we were on the same page. And so, um, yeah. So, um, you know, and then conversely on the spirit led side, um, you know, there's, it seems to me like the heavy word emphasis side, at least recently, there's been a lot of criticism um, on the spirit-led side, a lot of outspoken criticism, and it's really, mm -hmm. like, personally hurt me, I would say, mm -hmm. um, just because all I'm doing is I'm trying to follow what the Bible tells me to do, and mm -hmm. I have the verses to back them up, and then, you know, I believe that the Bible is a very, it's, it's a living book, and it's not just written to be stagnant, it's written to be, um, you know, to come alive and speak to my spirit, and when I feel very strongly that God is speaking to me and I act upon that and then I'm criticized, um, you know, it really hurts. And I'm sure there's other Christians that are very hurt as well, just because there's this, it seems like, especially recently, there's a very critical spirit. Um, maybe that's not the right terminology to say, but just a very critical, uh, like, um, like very critical things going on. And, um, mm -hmm. and I think that that's good. And I, th I do see that it's biblical, but it's like every little thing, 
that is being criticized and it's almost like all right you know in my mind i think like what are you doing for the for the ex uh, expansion of the kingdom other than criticizing and breaking down other christians and yeah so that's been one of the tough things that i've seen recently mm -mm -mm. Yeah, yeah yeah definitely i mean uh there there definitely is i don't know from my experience i guess you know i don't know if it's a youtube algorithm or whatever but like on online presence has seemed to have a lot more of the the criticism that is against uh the spiritual side of you know the emphasis and etc and i also think it's because um it seems like that the that the people who are on this side right on the spirit emphasis side like they don't really care so much about wanting to explain or defend themselves or so you know it's, it's more like okay yeah i mean we get the hazing i'm not okay not that word yeah okay we get the um, uh the criticism but you know we, we, we're just gonna do our thing continually you know and, and, and and rightly so, right? I mean, people should focus on their conviction. Um, and and it's, that, it's just that the people who are standing, who, who really have a heart for truth, their conviction is to, you know, uh, exhort and, 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 to, and, to, and to uncover lies that there may be out there. But that is, it can get dangerous at times because I can see how the, the way we use the word such as like, biblical unbiblical or etc we sometimes tend to take upon our own authority in that you know when i when i talk when i think about how some people say they say this and this and this and this and that's just totally completely unbiblical right but the thing is like if you look at if you look at the whole scripture there are a lot of verses that talks for the advocacy of the other side as well and it's just that when we sometimes say it's biblical or unbiblical, it may be according to what we are used to seeing in the Bible, you know, because it's it's multidimensional and it's more and it, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of like uh, reformed theology roots um, that has spread onto holding onto this core issue of the gospel, which you know I think is so important, so important. But then um, at the same time, you know, we, we may tend to cling onto this part of truth it, big part or small part nevertheless part of truth eclipsing over the actual cornerstone of who jesus christ is you know yep so. i hear you man and i mean my big takeaway though is both sides are seeking truth um and i really don't i i know that the the, the bible-based christians are seeking truth and they're criticizing because they see things that they think that are not true where the spirit-led people, they are seeking truth, and you know, um, you know, it's it's it is a both side thing, and that's the problem that has hurt me a lot. Just because it's not like once it's not like the spirit-led people are you know seeking something else other than Jesus. You know, they're seeking Jesus and they're seeking the truth and what the Bible actually says and applying it in a practical way today. Mm -hmm. um, and so, yeah, it, you know, I just, it really hurts me to see the division. It really, mm. really does. And mm. I think there's a, there's a healthy way. And I have seen very healthy conversations and very healthy criticism and very healthy, um, you know, ways to, um, confront certain issues. Um, but I've just seen a lot more unhealthy ways to the point mm. where it's just like, why are you, you know, it looks like you're my enemy here. And I can just imagine you know, non-Christians looking in at, you know, the church and thinking like they can't even, you know, connect with each other. And they're supposed to be part of the same body. Like, you know, mm. they're the left hand to my right hand, you know, we're supposed to work together. Um, yeah. So yeah, 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 it's, yeah, it's, it's definitely hurt me a lot, I would say.
Yeah, yeah. And I think it's good for us to also remind ourselves that uh, what we see out there, you know, the fringe movement are probably like the loudest uh, people that we can see out there. Um, they are, uh, I mean, like like we have mentioned the other time also as well, it's sort of like politics in a sense that they, the both sides also always want to promote the extremes of the other sides, you know, and yeah. really take that as cover that as what they actually stand for when when there's a lot more people who actually are not on that on board with that sort of deal so i was a i was a college football player and if one person did anything wrong it was Mm -hmm. the whole team you know would be like oh the college football player team you know they're horrible or they all do this yeah yeah yeah. because one person did something and i'm not saying that you know all the spirit-led people are you know following exactly the way that the scriptures should be followed. I really hope right, they do. Right. I really, really hope they do. And I hope right, I always right. do. Um, there's some things that I think that, you know, they do that I, I, I don't agree with. I know there are certain things that I don't agree with that have gone on. Mm-hmm. And on the opposite side, I'm sure there's, there's the other extreme as well. And so um, there is that almost that even balance, but it's, it's also, uh, like I said earlier, there is a, it's an attitude of um, that, at least that I've, really put an emphasis on of, of not being arrogant with my beliefs and um, and being open and realizing mm. that I have a lot of room to grow, a lot mm. of room, um, mm-hmm. where I think a lot of people don't take that that side of, uh, of things. So, yeah, yeah. yeah but yeah. again, you know, there's a lot of really good points from people that are, you know, so steadfast, uh, stead firm that their way is right. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it's it's been definitely been interesting to watch. Yeah, 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 and and I th- it's it's forcing people to it's it's a call to a maturity. I think God is really using these things in such a way that is that is calling the, all of us individuals into maturity, into discernment, like personal discernment and maturity and wisdom. I think that's and um, that's the thing, you know, when this division is confronted in a healthy manner, it always produces growth and it's always good. It's just when it's, when it's done in a cynical and a a non honoring manner and, um, and not a personal manner either. You know, there's a lot of just random, you know, YouTube videos or online videos or whatever that are just blatantly attacking, you know, people without actually conversing with them and and listening to them and talking to them and seeing why, you know, why, why would you have that point of view? So yeah, that's been interesting. Yeah. 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 No, for sure. And, uh, uh, yeah. And unfortunately, people also like to hear what they kind of sort of agree with. You know, I, I see this a lot with politics as well. Like, whatever that uh, it's sort of a sport, right? You have your team and you have your opponent's team, <laughs> and it's like we gotta ask ourselves honestly, like, okay, what what do we really want? Do we want sports or do we want unity? Like, uh, yep. So yep, that's so. a really really good way to say that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but so. But I do understand in some ways of how uh, the, the word emphasis, how like how we would, if I'm standing on this side of the fence, right? Yeah. I can understand what And I'm with you, man. Sometimes I am on that side of the fence because there's, yeah, some things that I'm just like, no, no, don't say that or do that. Is what it? are you doing? Is it? Is it? So, yeah, yeah I'm that's with great. you. I, I kind of jump on side to side. I just want to seek truth. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. That's great stuff. That's great stuff. Yeah. I think... Um, what what the word side of people like okay i'm standing on the other this side of the fence now like what well, i think what we want to really talk about and emphasize about when we say the gospel right um i guess for me personally what still even would be concerning for when people say that 
oh, we should, let's just unite around the gospel and say that, uh, do you believe in Jesus Christ as Lord? Then, okay, sure, then you're just a, a part of us, right? The thing is, uh, um, so many people, so many denominations, so many secular people out there are able to profess that as well, you know. It's just taking it simply, such as like, do you believe Jesus is God and Lord? And they're like, yeah, sure. But then obviously we don't have seen, we don't we don't see the 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 proof of the, the rebirth or conversion or the actual change in the person's life that produces fruit and et cetera. Right? The actual so, fruit. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I think um, what we kind of like, what we talk about when we say the gospel is we also need, there is definite need of redefining, reforming what faith is, you know. It's, it's really, we have to, I think we have to really draw the line and say like faith is not theoretical, you know. It's trust. It's real trust in, 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 in the Lord Jesus Christ as Savior and Lord. Um, but then when we also talk about the gospel, you know, there's a lot more emphasis on repentance, like mm-hmm. the, the actual change of heart, the, yeah, actual, actual, the, the heart that actually desires God and not the, all the other things that are around, <clears throat> not all the other things around that glitters, that portray themselves in the name of Christianity. So we are talking about, I mean, the, the more blatant, uh, blatantly visible ones we're talking about are like prosperity gospel, popularity gospel, the the the, the, peop- the churches and the movements that have really turned the word of God into, for, for the benefit for the benefit of the flesh, right? And I think that's the central thing that the, um, that the word emphasis people are really concerned about, you know, and. I, that's also when I look at things like American Gospel. <laughs> I don't know what you think about that uh, documentary, but yeah. they also have like it was really good. Like I think if it ended like in the first thirty minutes, I would have really loved it, you know. But then it started to kind of like merge into um, sort of strawmanning the the other movements, such as including Bethel into the same category of the whole. Uh, explanation that they're making about the prosperity gospel and uh, the whole of the whole idea behind that you know yeah yeah the prosperity gospel thing it's you know the bible is pretty clear that like we're co-heirs with jesus and so we're like a, a part of this royalty family but that's not the reason that i become a christian that's not the reason i put my trust in in jesus um and so i you know the prosperity gospel thing i never really heard of that until a few years ago um, and a hundred percent agreed. Like I'm, I'm never going to tell someone that your life's going to be amazing. If you put your trust in Jesus, if you become a Christian, because the Bible actually is very, like, it pretty much says like the opposite of that, mm. but there are a lot of verses that talk about how God blesses us and, mm. you know, he loves us and, you know, all the, all the benefits of being a Christian as well. It never really talks about, you know, um, that it, it's a guarantee that that's going to happen, though. And so it can never be in the gospel, like, message that someone shares of this prosperity thing. Um, but, man, the American Gospel movie, I couldn't say it better. It was amazing. Such an amazing presentation of the gospel. It was beautifully said. Mm-hmm. And then it caused division. And it was just like, <laughs> oh. I remember watching it. We were watching it with, um, you know, a Bible study that I was with, a men's Bible study. And we, like, it was just so good. And we were just uh, just cheering around and just thinking, like, I love everything that this, you know, movie's saying. And they just didn't need to cause the division. And I think instantly they caused half of the Christian community to not like that movie because they caused the division. And I think it would have... It's tough because I, you know, 
it's not like I've heard people say they don't like the movie or, you know, they don't like that first half or something like that. But I can imagine as someone who, let's just say a Bethel student or something like that, it heavily criticized, you know, Bethel. And, and it's been a while since I watched it, at least, I don't know, when, when, it, when it came out is when I watched it. But um, I just remember, you know, if I was like a Bethel student at that time, I would think like, I'd just be hurt and just say like, all right, like, no, I, I believe in the gospel message that you just shared. And now you're saying that the church I go to doesn't believe this message. And I know so many Bethel students and I went to Iris ministries myself. And so they're very, very closely tied to Bethel. And, um, you know, it just, it's tough because it, it, it almost went against everything that I believe my ministry is like focused on is unity and understanding that like, it's okay to have a couple different beliefs as long as the foundation of your belief is the is the is the truth of the gospel. So, mm-hmm. yeah, man, that, yeah, I love the movie and it really hurts me at the same time. Um, I love it so much that I want to recommend it to everyone to watch, and unfortunately, I'm not going to because it causes division. And right, so, right, right, right. It's, it's like it's like fifty fifty. Like you you wish you could just extract some parts out of there and just put it together, and but then, um. Yeah, but isn't isn't there? Don't you think like there is like an effort, the any effort that or oh, from from the the spirit side as a means of response of, you know, because uh I I know that um. Oh, what's his name, the director of Holy Ghost, Father of Lights. Anyway, Darren you know, Wilson, have, Darren Wilson, and the team and and those side of people they have put their effort into you know really wanting to share with people about the 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 the. The, the great impact, uh, sp- what spirit-guided, spirit-led uh, sort of ministry can impact and, and can kind of manifest. And so there we have that. But I don't think I have seen so much of uh, spirit emphasis apologetic type deal of where people actually want to go out and they say, okay, you know what? You have given this good criticism. Let us try to unpack that and try to explain that in the, in the most... Uh, in the best way that is scripturally possible that you will be able to understand, you know, I think to step into their language and say, okay, you are concerned about this and this and this, we will try to explain, you know, through the same sort of method kind of deal. Um, Do you see, do you think there is any uh, movement or um, ministry need that is, that the people are talking about on that side? I really haven't seen that. And that's, it might be a really good thing for a response like that, to be honest. Um, And so, and again, it's been a while since I watched the movie. So like, I, you know, I wish I can go into like certain topics that they like went to. Um, If I remember correctly, I know that they definitely denounced the prosperity gospel, but yeah, man, no, the prosperity gospel, like, I don't know. Even the people that they like that preach the prosperity gospel, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, I don't know, but I imagine if you ask someone like, okay, if I'm going to die today, how do I get to heaven? You know, I don't think they would preach a prosperity gospel. I think they would preach a biblically sound gospel, but I don't know. Um, You know, yeah. And so that's what I was kind of getting at where, you know, there is a, a very biblically sound gospel, but the Bible has a lot of verses and a lot of scripture about prosperity. And so as, you know, believers in Christ and, um, and so I never want to mix the two. I never want to, you know, mix that there you're going to receive prosperity if you put your trust in Christ, because that that's not the case. Um, but I never want to take other people's messages and, and sermons and, uh, you know, verses that they preach. 
out of context of what the point they're trying to get across at. Um, mm-hmm. You know, if they're trying to get across a point of how we are blessed as people, as how we are highly favored, as you know, how we're co-heirs and how we are a royal, uh, you know, priesthood family line, bloodline. Um, I I never want to put that in the same category of this is what the gospel is. Um, mm-hmm. But there are a lot of pros that the Bible talks about of being a Christian and a lot of things that happen. So once someone puts their trust in Christ as well, that the Bible talks about, um, you know, one of the things it talks about is that angels uh, basically have a party. I, you know, don't quote me on that scripturally, but I, and I, this is the thing because the word people are going to twist that and I'm, I don't want that. But the actual yeah, yeah, yeah. verse, oh, they love to be technical. About I got to memorize this more. But it's basically like, you know, the, the angels are, are you know, are they're, they're uh, feasting. rejoicing. Yeah, rejoicing yeah. when there is a, a soul that is repentant. Right? Exactly. And so, you know, and there's so many just amazing things that actually happens when you put your trust in Christ. Um, that I, I never want to, like, get twisted with, you know, this is what the gospel is. And so, mm-hmm. um, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think, you know, we talked about earlier about like um, the divisions that seem to occur, like they are like the side stuff, right? They're not the core issues. They're like the side things. And sure, I, I mean, I can, I, can, I can agree with that. But then um, I can also understand uh, me, stand, me speaking from the other side of the fence again, yet again, to say like, but what you, consi- what you may consider as a side stuff, some people see it as actual core stuff, you know? And, and for example, in terms of uh, if you want to talk about evangelism, for example, or, you know, just sharing the message of the gospel in itself, though the main concern that the people have in regards to uh, street ministry or street evangelism, like power evangelism, you know, sort of a deal is that there is no emphasis of the message enough that talks about sin and the need for people to, to repent, to need for people to see the illumination uh, for people to see that they need repentance, they need to turn away, they need to trust in the Lord, they need to see and understand what what them being a sinner really means, you know? That's why when people want to go and share out to the message, their emphasis really, they want to talk about sin because they, they it is their conviction to, to say that people need to understand what sin is in order for them to really come to the gospel. And that's what they mean by the gospel, you know? Whereas I think I have seen people more on the uh, more on the other side or people who don't who are not fully on board with that, you know, it seem to tend to have more of a approach of, you know, we don't want to face them with anything that may seem judgmental or anything, you know, from the initial stage or something like that, you know. So what do so you it's think tough because yeah, when you're sharing the gospel, it, you know, it's really it's it's something and it's it's a tough thing to do to convey judgment but the judgment isn't coming from us as sharing this the judgment is coming from god you know and so it's really hard to talk about sin and then the the impact of sin and as a sinner that isn't you know saved by christ um because they haven't put their trust in christ at that point like what that actually means and the, the wrath of god is on them and um, and so I think, you know, anytime someone's evangelizing, they have to put an emphasis on sin because and, and the impact of sin and where that actually brings them um, without Jesus, because unless someone actually understands their position right now, there's no reason to put their trust in Christ. If someone just comes in and says, um, I rank comfort, you know, 
I love Ray Comfort. And so one of the best messages... I was actually wanted to ask you about him, yeah. I love Ray Comfort. One of the best messages that I've heard him talk about is if um well there's a couple good ones man there's i could go on and on about ray comfort (laughs) but one of the one of the ones that i love that i'm you know thinking of right now is um when he talks about if you come up to someone and you say um i'm trying to think it's it's crossing my head right now oh if you come up to someone and you say hey uh you have a you have a ticket but don't worry it's a big ticket but it's a hundred percent paid for you are good you would walk away and be like, all right, thanks. You know, <laughs> what does that have to do with something? That's the equivalent of someone saying, Jesus loves you. Don't worry. He paid for you. You know, mm-hmm. you, he paid for your sins. Mm-hmm. And someone's saying, okay, well, what's the point of that? All right, appreciate it. And they don't really understand the grasp of their sin. Mm-hmm. Or the opposite side is if someone comes to you and say, hey, this is really tough to say, but here's proof that you went through that red light. It was in an elderly home and a school zone area and there was you know xyz that happened and your fine is forty thousand dollars and if you don't pay this tomorrow then you're going to jail the gospel message is even worse you're you're sentenced to a life in hell Mm. and um and so but and you know it gives a little fear into you and but it was a hundred percent paid for and so oh my goodness who paid for that sign you know that that fee for me mm-hmm. and then there's a realization of okay i'm in deep trouble and unless someone ha- actually understands the severity of their sin mm-hmm. they don't really realize the deep trouble that they're actually in exactly um, and so exactly. whenever you're evangelizing that has to be conveyed and so right. um i've never had a conversation with someone who uh, you know, has told me that I'm not putting enough emphasis on repentance, um, you know, when I evangelize. And so I'm, you know, I'm interested if, if, if I, if I'm not, um, you know, what someone might say about that, but yeah, that's the message I want to convey is that, Hey, you're in deep, 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 you know, doo-doo, you know, you're in big, Mm. big trouble. Wow. Yeah. God loves you so much. He created you. He wants to be with you, but you've separated yourself from God every single time you've sinned. And someone might say, okay, well, I didn't, you know, recognize those sins. I don't even know what sin is. Mm. And the problem is, is that when you're in a court of law, if someone has broken the law, but they don't know what the law is, the judge is saying, I'm sorry, you didn't know that law. You still broke it. You know, I'm sorry. You don't believe that that's a law, but it is a law. Mm. And, uh, yeah. And so once they realize that they've broken the law Mm. and Mm. there's a penalty for that sin, the scriptures actually talk about how if someone Mm. is kept the whole law but messed up one little time they have broken or mm. they're in the same place that everyone else is in this person that that mm. broke every single mm. commandment mm. and so um you know the good things that people do and and it always is brought up hey but i've done so much good things you know unfortunately it's not like a teeter-totter here and we're not you know god's not judging you and i'm not judging you but god's not judging you based off of the good you've done he's he's judging you based off of the law that you know were clearly written in the scriptures that mm. you've broken yeah and yeah it gets worse it gets way worse there's a penalty for that sin and the penalty is for forever be separated from god it's spiritual death it's to be in hell um you know once you die and so once that sink sunken in as okay like wait <laughs> how do i get out of this like well, you know can i do more and more good to you know get myself out of this and unfortunately mm-hmm. no because you know you're not judged on that good that you've done you're judged on the the crimes you've done right 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 and right, right. people realize that okay like how do i get right with god you know is it to give money is it to do good works is it mm-hmm. to go to church is it what you know what do i do here 
and there's only one answer. It's, you know, the, the Bible says, you know, essentially blood, you know, we need, mm. a, a you know, there, someone needs to pay the price, you know, for your crime. Yeah. Yeah. And thankfully yeah, yeah. someone did, you know, Jesus Christ, you know, he, you know, again, God loves you. He wants to be with you. So we sent Jesus to mm. take your penalty mm. for you. And the Bible says to repent and put your trust in him and you are made right with God. So like, yeah. that's it. That's it. Right. I mean, that is yeah. the, that is the gospel that, that people are, people want to hear. Right. And the thing is like, if you have <laughs> what you have said, like if you, if you, if you could say that, you know, everybody in the charismatic and Pentecostal streams uh, really are on board with that. As to explain agrees. with yeah. that, you know, I think both sides I think, agree. Yeah. I think the concern, a concern, would drastically decrease in some. I'm not gonna be speaking for all of them, right? Uh, but yeah. at least personally, for me, it seems to me that you know, if, if for example, if if uh, Bill Johnson or you know, uh, or, or, or Todd White or anyone who actually preached that and said, you know while operating in the gift of the spirit but nevertheless the message core message of what they want to get across to people is that like i think the concern would drastically decrease in some way you know but i think because well, we don't well, see to too much of that we don't see too much of that uh, there is that assumption i guess that people don't know the gospel you know but rightful a rightful assumption as well because many people in fact do not know the gospel Many people, in fact, are at church at places where people are assuming that they have gone through the basic thing called the gospel, and now they're moving. They're talking about all the other thing. Whereas, you know, the gospel is not just the primary thing, but it's, it's central and everything. You know, so. And you know, we've seen so at every single service. I feel like the gospel's got to be clearly said. Uh, no matter what the topic of that service is. I and mean, even if it's just going to be a worship service, you know, we got to say the gospel. And we made a big point of that. Um, but I think also a lot of people, there's certain phrases that are said that they sound really good, but I feel like they, they confuse a lot of people, especially if someone doesn't know like a clear gospel message. And this is like clearly what my mm. firm beliefs are in. Um, it confuses people. Like one of the phrases, it's it, it's a good thing to say, like, you know, I believe it. So the, the phrase that I hear a lot is, you know, um, give your life to, to God, give your life to Christ. Mm. And it is such a good thing to do if you give your life to God. But if you give your life to God, but you don't put your trust in Jesus, you know, are you saved? I, I don't know, but I don't want to risk that. I want someone to realize that it's not about you giving your life to God and you doing X, Y, Z for God. Mm. It's realizing that god died for you mm. it's not about you giving your life it's god gave his life for you and putting the emphasis on that that there's nothing you can do other than put your trust in what he's already done um and so yeah there's a lot of you know these christianese phrases that i've heard that they sound really good and they might be you know they might be good and they they might really get someone to you know lead a life that is eventually going to put their trust in christ but I think that they really confuse um, unbelievers and believers that, you know, um, they, and, and I know I've, I've been on stage and I've, I've said it many times. I say, you know, give your life to God. And I've, uh, you know, since have realized like, man, I'm just confusing people. Like I always want to put the emphasis of what Jesus did for us and the reason he did it for us, you know, and it wasn't 
just uh you know it is a free gift but it wasn't right, an easy right. gift that was yeah. a hard hurtful really tough thing to do mm-hmm. um and yeah. so yeah you know it's it's realizing like that was a real thing that happened um mm-hmm. so yeah you know. we want to portray it in a way that it is not legal it doesn't sound legalistic but at the same time yeah. doesn't sound presumptuous of the grace yeah, yeah. yeah. and but I, but this is but this is great, you know. I mean, it's it's actually quite reassuring to hear that. Um, mm. uh, I I would vision a, a sort of evangelistic ministry or conferences or whatever it may be, where we see crazy movement of the Holy Spirit, like how yeah, like, we would do in the typical charismatic Pentecostal uh, services and etc. And at the same time, where that message. That the core, that continual focus on that message is in that gospel, the need for repentance and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. Man, come to uh, Hub. You're going to love our conferences. <laughs> and so we literally do evangelism training, you know, on the spot there because what better place to do it when you got thousands of people that are here to hear, that are there to hear some XYZ, you know, uh, spirit led preacher who has done amazing miracles. But man, you're going to hear the gospel and, and learn how to say it, you know, as well. So yeah, I think I, you're going to enjoy it. You know, it's interesting too, because, you know, the, the gospel, I, in my mind, in my opinion, the gospel message ends there. Once you repent and put your trust in Christ, mm-hmm. that's the end of the message. Mm-hmm. There is a part two though. And it's a very clear part two that I normally wouldn't tell someone because I don't want them to be confused and I don't want them to think that they, you know, that there's something else that has to go on. Mm. But there's just, if, if I end there and I don't talk about how Jesus actually then, he died for you, he paid your the price for your sins, but he also rose again. Exactly, He lives yeah. today, yeah. and mm. the Holy Spirit actually lives inside of you once you put your trust in Christ. And, you know, the exact Jesus said mm. the exact same things and even greater things that he's done, you can do through the Holy Spirit. And if you ask that in his name, then it's going to happen. And so there's there's a lot more to it. But in my opinion, I don't want to confuse people on, on, you know, how to put their trust in Christ, how to become right with God. And so gen- usually I don't bring up that until that's a discipleship thing. In my, in my, in my opinion, mm-hmm. in the way that I evangelize, that's a discipleship thing. With that said, it has been very interesting to me to see different people respond to different things uh, in very unique ways. Mm-hmm. There's some people that in their mind, X, Y, Z, or A, B, C, what I just said as the gospel message, it clips with them. They understand they're, you know, they're, uh, they're dead in God's sight. Jesus paid the price to take away their sins. They put their trust in Jesus and repent. They are made right with God and it clicks with them. There's other people that they can hear that and they can think, okay, well, that's just, you know, a nice story. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't click with them. And it's just like, mm-hmm. wait, no, like, <laughs> you know, and it doesn't, it doesn't matter what you say or what apologetics you go into. It's not going to click with them mm-hmm. unless they have a touch from the Holy Spirit. Right, um, right. And sometimes when you just go and say, simply say, I just want to say Jesus loves you. But then the Spirit rises that and then it just wrecks them. Right. <laughs> yeah. there, there's a time when like saying Jesus loves you is not enough. And yeah. there is a time when saying Jesus loves you is totally enough. Yep. And that's yep. So the way that I like to share is I always like to talk about how how much Jesus, how much God loves you. He wants to be with you. But there's a reason he's not with you and there's a reason that you know you're walking alongside by yourself and not with him and mm. then get into it and then bring it back to 
But remember, God loves you. And, you know, because you're in this rough spot, this, you know, this death penalty spot, he loves you so much. Remember, he wants to be with you. So he paid the price for you. Mm -hmm. And so, but yeah, I personally, I always like to start with, you know, how much God loves you. He wants to be with you and how much Mm -hmm. Jesus wants to be with you. And um, you've separated yourself from that, you know, right, right, right. right. And that's where we are starting to talk more about preferences and the way we want to approach this. But then like, yeah. Yeah. If, yeah. If, if and, if this, yeah. Yeah. My, my, uh, I have three older sisters, um, you know, all walking with the Lord. Uh, one of my sisters though, is a prime example of someone who, uh, she was in late twenties, maybe early thirties and adamantly against anything to do with the Bible, anything to do with scripture, anything to do with God, anything to do with Jesus, the Holy spirit, like so against it. All right. And someday she had a random encounter with the Holy Spirit. And currently today, she's a missionary in China. And she yeah, is just like this fire evangelist. And yeah, she she does these trips into the, like, you know, these remote mountains in China, uh, mm-hmm. you know, to preach the gospel. And she's just a, this amazing, amazing person. And, you know, I remember when talking to her after she put her trust in Christ. And she's just like, I don't know what happened, but I needed something to switch in my brain for this to become real because i it just wasn't real with me without that Mm, mm, and mm. other people are completely different and so me personally i would i would love if i if i needed you know the encounter with the holy spirit but personally i i didn't and and so uh you know it just clicks in my mind like okay this this makes sense but it's just so different when i evangelize and i talk to other people of how everyone's different and so um I never want to close off the door of someone, you know, putting their trust in Christ by by only following a certain method to evangelize. And uh, Josh Minter, actually, we were talking about this a lot. It was very interesting to me to hear the way that he's evangelized to different people. And it's completely different tactics, not tactics, but it's been completely different in different circumstances and with different peoples and seeing, you know, effective ways to do this. Right. Um, Seeing them as an individual. uh, Right. Yeah, I think this is the strength of the people who are some more, somewhat more spontaneous and free flow, and etc. You know, they want to approach the people as individuals and actually see. What, they want to hear from the spirit directly themselves and say, like, okay, what do I need to say to this person, or what 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 is needed to be done here, right? Uh, what is my part for for me to be done here, as it comes to you know encounter with a person or evangelism or etc. Um, but then the the centrality that the centrality of the gospel that we have. Been talking about just until so far now uh do you think that uh when you see many people that you have uh encountered more on the charismatic and the pentecostal stream inside do you think there is a need for them to uh hear this message and understand or is it something that people you think that people already know that it's kind of like underlying and they are they because they're talking so much about like more different side of things that you know, people, it, it sounds, it seems as if they are not talking about that. Yeah. Um, you know. both, uh, both and more. And so at hub, we've had a lot because we've seen so many miracles and, and God just show up. Um, we've had a lot of, uh, more new agey people show up and they're just mm-hmm. seeking, you know, some kind of encounter or some kind of mysticism or something like that. And, um, you know, so I, Regardless of what someone's seeking, I think they have to hear a clear gospel message. Um, 
and that's just me personally and i and i 100 believe it you know someone that's touched from the holy spirit that all of a sudden has had this amazing conversion there needs a discipleship there where they still need to hear a clear gospel message and understand too of how to share this and i think as a teacher you really learn a lot more than you know you would normally from just maybe hearing a message or something like that but and that's why i think that evangelism everyone needs to learn how to share the gospel because whether you think you're an evangelist or not you you might be the only christian that someone talks to you need to know how to share this properly right, um right. and unless you practice you know it's tough um and i do believe that you know god can touch someone and and you know you just being there is is gonna influence them um but I think that everyone needs to practice and, and, and learn how to effectively share the gospel and realize that people have different questions and how to answer certain questions and also realize that it's okay if you don't know everything. You know, you can tell someone, hey, you know, that, that's an awesome question. I don't know right now, but, I'll, I, you know, I'll find out and, you know, what's your number? I'll follow up with you. And so, um, but yeah, I, I mean, I personally believe that whether, uh, you know, you're following strictly the spirit and i don't think anyone's following strictly the spirit just so you know i think everyone is biblical based and they're mm. following the spirit because that's what the bible says to do but if someone is like so out there and they're strictly you know okay i'm not going to read the bible and this is a very hypothetical person that i don't really think exists but they might um and if they're so out there and they're just 100 percent following the spirit and you know they're they believe that they can, you know, receive everything from the spirit that they don't need to read the Bible or anything like that. Um, I think it's going to be a tough road for them just because I think that, yeah, there, there is a very, um, the Bible's there for a reason, you know, it's God's word, you know, speaking directly to us. And, mm -hmm. um, you know, sometimes we don't hear the Holy spirit as clear as we would like to. And, um, mm -hmm. you know, there's definitely a relationship there where you're, your clarity enhances for sure, but um, at least from my experiences, there's some times where I've actually heard God's audible voice. Um, you know, one, one time in my life, uh, he said five words. <laughs> and so, um, but uh, yeah, you know, just hearing the Holy Spirit, it's very much the Holy Spirit lives inside of me. And so it's this internal voice that I'm hearing. And so, um, you know, from that internal voice, I it could be muffled from my own head. And so I think it's a very, very fine line and a really tough line if someone's walking the rope and saying, hey, I don't need the Bible. You know, I just need to listen to the spirit just because yeah. the Bible's there because it's God's word. He's speaking to us. And, yeah. Uh, you know, yeah. So that's my personal opinion on that. Again, like walking in both circles. But I mean, I would say mainly I'm walking in the circle of the spirit led people like I don't see anybody that that's there. You know, I, I feel like everyone has a very you know, firm grasp of what the gospel is and they're responding to that gospel. Um, mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, so yeah, that's my yeah. opinion on that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it would rather be a, a bit presumptuous for, you know, I think it, it would be a bold statement to make that you actually 100% depend on the Holy Spirit that to the point that you don't need the, the scripture. You know, but uh, that's, that is another topic. But then, before we move into more detailed kind of uh, controversies and issues, I guess uh, the last question I would ask you in regards to this one is that, so uh, are the concerns of these people legitimate? Like, the, the, the is there people in the spirit emphasis, the charismatic Pentecostal streams that who are really hyped out about, you know, operating in these, in these things, but do not know the gospel even for themselves? 
like how much they're legitimate at least and i've again i have a lot of friends who you know personally have graduated from bethel or go to bethel currently um we're actually just in writing ourselves if you notice i'm in my car <laughs> my uh, my wife and i we just recently sold our house in preparation to move to madagascar as missionaries but then COVID hit so we've been traveling around in our van here with our daughter. but anyway yeah, it's it's been awesome so in case anyone's yeah into this and realizing like why is that dude in his car now you know why <laughs> but um yeah um you know we were actually just in reading it was amazing like every corner i turned i felt like i ran into an old friend that we know from somewhere and man i've had a lot of these conversations with a lot of them because i've you know again like i've heard a lot of criticism and i've never um church you know bethel wasn't going on I, they were doing their digital classes so i've still never actually been to bethel that was my only time in reading and so but everyone that i know from bethel man i'm seeing a lot of amazing fruit and a lot of them have a very clear gospel um have i heard bill johnson say a straight up this is what the gospel is message no but I'm not there. That's not my church. And I don't, I watch some of their YouTube stuff, but not very many, maybe, maybe 10 total. Um, we've had Benny yeah. Johnson over at hub and it's been amazing. Um, but I didn't have a conversation with her and, and, and pin her down and say, tell me what the gospel is. Well, you know, what do you see? <laughs> and, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. but from my opinion and being very much involved in a spirit led community, man, at least, at least at hub and where we're at, like the truth and what the gospel is like, that's our focus. And, Again, the spirit-led stuff is separate. And so maybe we're in a weird category just because, like, you know, I, awesome I don't think very many spirit-led people do have the same focuses that we have. Mm. Um, but we've seen evangelism increase because being spirit-led. And so, you know, and, and not because we're avoiding it. It's, it's actually been the opposite because we've welcomed it and said, like, all right, God, what do you want to do? That's opened up so many more doors. So like I was talking about earlier with the new age people, like we've had so many new age people come through that would have never heard the gospel if God wasn't mm. doing some weird stuff that they were interested right, in right, seeing. Right, so right. no, that's, that's great. That's great. So let us talk about the weird stuff. I think, <laughs> I think uh, I'm doing this for the people. I'm doing this for my friends who are struggling with these sort of things. Right. Um, I think, uh, I think we can first get into that and then maybe talk about like more theological struggles that may people may have or so. But these bizarre manifestations, like unexplainable, bizarre manifestations. The thing is, when I hear criticism of people who say like they don't want to do, they don't want to associate themselves with anything that they cannot find in the Bible. Yeah. You know, and that's why, you know, they want to end because there has been, there has been a, a wave of, um, theory in, in a sense of associating these movements with um the the hindu and buddhist uh kundalini spirits and etc and just just seeing how like the parallel of how these movements are, like look very similar you know hmm. and so people wanted to really uh avoid that and just it, it gave people easier door and way to say that oh this is actually demonically influenced and inspired and etc but um I, I must say, for people who have been used to a more conserved type of traditional background of Christianity or so, they would find it, uh, some people would find it amazing, but people, some other people would find it disturbing and concerning to see people laughing, rolling around on the floor, and some of them even making like animal sounds and uh, very, very unique manifestations that are, that are going on there, you know? And um, it's like, yes, we 
we know the answers to say that uh, the spirit works. Spirit is, spirit is wonderful and he works in a mysterious way. Um, but for us to just merely say that, I don't know how we can explain that. Yeah. You know, it doesn't really help that much, I think. Yeah. At least for the people who wants to have at least some sort of an explanation going on there. And and I, I, I was wondering if there's anything more on the psychological side that can somehow explain any 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 things like this but yeah uh, i want to hear what you think about on the psychological side i'm not that smart so <laughs> so yeah <laughs> I, I can't answer on that but i had um i earlier i mentioned that i you know i've had struggles just because especially from the background i've had um seeing how my dad has you know reacted to certain things um and seeing how that it's very similar with me as well. So I don't know if there's a hereditary thing or what, but um, you know, every time someone's prayed for me, every time I've worshipped, every time uh, I've I've spoken in tongues, um, I've never like fallen over. I've never shaken. I've never you know none of the manifestations that oh. people you know might have seen have ever happened with me. Um, just about every other friend I have, they have though, and so you know, and, and at Hub as well, we'll see a lot of people like me, um, where nothing happens, and a lot of people that like like my mom or or you know some, one of my sisters or or others that man a lot of weird stuff is going down, so it kind of struggled with me just because in my mind, um, like growing up, I was just like, all right, well, is this real? Are they just faking this, or or what's going on here? And um, a few years ago, I had a dream, and this really, really helped me. And this dream was, it was raining, and uh, yeah, it was raining. And as these raindrops are falling down, it was really dark. And uh, the clouds opened up, and sunlight was coming through the clouds. And as the sunlight rays were coming through, they were hitting the raindrops. And as they enter the raindrops, they enter in a certain way. And when light hits water, it refracts and so um you know if you notice like you're looking down at water and you might see something at a different angle yeah, and it looks yeah. completely different like if you're looking overhead yeah, or yeah. to the side or you know at a diagonal or something like that well what happens is, is it's the light refracting through the water and as there's all these different raindrops all the raindrops were different shapes and sizes not different shapes they're all raindrops but they're all these different sizes and light was coming into each raindrop and then refracting out in a different direction and some of it was little speckles of light that was coming out and some of it was big rays that were coming out and i woke up in the and i believe that that was god telling me that his light his shining his love is shining on us all in the exact same way but it comes out of us in different ways and um in my opinion i very much felt like that was god speaking to me through a dream and that's how i felt about it and so you know, who am I to start critiquing people and saying, hey, stop doing that? Um, especially what I mentioned about earlier and, you know, while we were talking, you know, that could very well be a demonic thing that's going on with them right now. Hey, man, I'm, I'm going to pray for them. I'd rather they be at the church, you know, than somewhere else. Or they might be faking it. Again, I'd rather right. they be here than somewhere else. Or that's God, right. you know. I'm going to pray for them no matter what. So yeah. um, me personally, I've had a lot of clarity and I would say a lot of healing of why does this happen with me? Um, that I've felt very, and, and if it does happen with me, like I, you know, I think more power to it just because, um, I don't, I'm not going to fake anything. I'm not going to do this, you know, just because other people are doing it. 
Um, mm -hmm. And so, I, you know, like I said earlier, I, I want to see truth. And so mm -hmm. I don't want to see, mm -hmm. you know, some... so do you, yeah. yeah. So do you think that there is a, a well, it is a rightly rightly needed for skepticism, some 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 amount of skepticism. Oh yeah, because you see something that's unnatural. It's, it's a weird thing that's going on. You better be a skeptic, and so, um, <laughs> yeah. but be a skeptic in a way of okay, what are the possibilities that are going on right now? And mm -hmm. there might be other possibilities. If you know, if you know other possibilities, people, you know, post them in the comments. But the possibilities that I see are the three the three things. You know, demonic activity going on. Uh, it is, you know, them working out of the flesh and they're just doing this to fake it just to look cool or, you know, have attention or whatever, or God is actually moving in them. Um, we've seen a lot of very fruit bearing people have a lot of weird manifestations. And so oh, wow. in my mind, I know that, you know, God's working through them and, um, and I know it's God with that said, mm -hmm. it's not happening with me. And so. You know, maybe I don't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's got to do with like some sort of a, a spiritual temperament in some in some sort of sense as well. Like, I mean, some people pray for years for them to just you know, have a dream. Yeah. You know, where whereas like the other guy who didn't didn't even they didn't even ask for it. You know, and he's just like dreams yeah. all the time. And it's like yep. God, that's not fair. You know. Yeah. <laughs> and so, man, for me, like I'm. I I'm very grateful that I had that dream because it is something that I was praying for for a long time of like, and it wasn't mm. praying for, for this to happen to me. It was praying for clarity of like, what, why does that person act that way? And that person's acting that way. And then I am just standing here being prayed for, you know, how mm. is this going on? Um, mm. And, you know, do I even know you God? And it was just a, a lot of clarity for me of seeing like, all right, you know, God's mm. uh, manifestations, they release out in different ways. And mm. I think that, I think it's a good thing again because for someone who is uh, experiencing um, God for the first time, they're going to react in different ways. And I think again, it's not like division is good, but it's almost like a good thing that there is a little bit of division in, in terms of this, just because different Christians are going to want to cater to different uh, things that they feel comfortable with. And so, mm. you know, if someone's like so uncomfortable with it, like. I understand, you know, and I'm okay with that. There's a lot of amazing churches where, you know, that just doesn't happen. And, you know, that's okay. So where yeah. if you really want to seek all this, you know, manifestation of the Holy Spirit stuff, there's a lot of really great churches, um, yeah. you know, such yeah. as the hub that, you know, yeah, that's not the yeah, emphasis, yeah. but we're not going to turn away something that God wants to do. Mm -hmm. I guess the actual deal is about how we're going to work together rather more than more than how to balance the amount of skepticism and the amount of openness. But like, you know, although we all have the different level of that, we should talk more about, okay, but nevertheless, how, how can we work together in this? You know, I mean, you can be skeptical for your good reasons, for sure. I mean, your conviction, and like, this is a, a mysterious thing. Like God, allows these clash of vision and clash of conviction you know for for whatever reason i think he's a broader sense i think he's just calling all of us more into the maturity but my um, big thing is that you know who, who am i to say that god's not working at them um mm -hmm. you know if there's something really weird going on i don't know maybe i'm a little bit more skeptical than than not but i never want to criticize someone for saying that they're having a God moment where God's touching them and saying, no, no, you're not, you know, you're just doing that because of this, this, and this, and you just want attention. Like, I, you know, that's just my, I just don't feel like that. That's God's heart. That's flowing out of me. Like my heart is like very much like, 
hey, if God's moving in you, more power to you, you know? And that's mm-hmm. okay, you know? He works mm-hmm. with me in a little different way, and if he wants to do something like that with me, great. And so, um, mm-hmm. but I don't know, may, maybe it's just like this this level where I'm at right now of, of trying very intentionally to be humble and, and not to criticize people just because I just feel like, who am I to criticize, you know, someone else's uh, walk and someone else's, uh, you know, touch from God. Mm-hmm. And... Um, yeah, and, and, and as for me, like, I also understand, like, from the other side of, to say, actually, you know, because I have that experience of what it is to be walking in, 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 in some sort of presumptions, you know, like, because when the scripture do say that, when Jeremiah 17 do tell us that the heart is deceitful and desperately wicked, and, 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 like, when I saw that in myself, it was so true of how I thought I was, you know, um, doing things for God, well, when when it was actually about myself, you know. Yep. So there, there, there is a need for there is a need for the sword to, the double edged sword to cut through between the soul and the spirit, and whether how we use that or, or how much we are we participate in that, you know, that's up to the debate, I guess. But um, that's you know, as for me, I my the conviction of the other side would also be that I want to help. And explain to people that possibility of self-deception and the need to introspect deeper, you know, and to really ask the spirit to reveal uh, towards purity of the heart. Yeah, amen, man. Yep. So let's talk more about like the theological controversies that uh, that people may have with with this here. I think um, the issues, great things that I see, like the people are mainly concerned about in regards to the kingdom, the understanding of the king. And I think this is a really important thing, like how we understand the kingdom. Because that, because uh, I think that really becomes our interpreter of the scripture. You know, how in in other words, it's like a vision, it's a goggle. You know, and, and then talking about the spirit, what the spirit is, and what the spirit do, and etc. And also the idea about the prophetic, which I also mentioned earlier, um, in the in the in the previous deal, um, in the previous conversation. But first, with the kingdom, like, just uh, what do you think? Are it sounds as if it sounds as if uh Bethel is advocating for a theology that says that healings are physical healings are completely mandatory for the manifestation of the kingdom. Yeah, I I wouldn't agree with that personally. <laughs> okay. And so yeah, I um again like I I love Bethel and everyone I know that's gone to Bethel, like man, like I, I they got sound theology. Um, I haven't really actually heard that many Bethel messages. So like, I, I do know I've heard a lot of things that someone says something and you know, it's like, man, that doesn't sound right. And then I'll, you know, I'll ask them like, well, where do they teach that? Or when have they said that? And they'll say like, oh, well, they don't, they've never actually said it in a message. They've never said it in a book, but they secretly teach this. And in my mind, I'm like, what? Like, and I'll talk to all the students and I'm like, no, that's not true. Like, that's ridiculous. Right. And I've heard actually a lot of, I've had a lot of conversations with a lot of different people who say similar things like that. And so, um, you know, re- regarding Bethel, I personally see a lot of amazing fruit out of that ministry. Um, and personally have a lot of really great connections that have been there that are currently going to their church or that have previously gone to their uh, school of ministry. And I just see a lot of amazing fruit coming out of them. And so, um, yeah, that's, that's what I think about Bethel. I can't actually remember what your actual question was. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. The, the talking about like the mandatory of the healing. Uh, oh yeah. Say- yeah. And so I, you know, 
scripturally, I, you know, you, you read the Bible and I get really convicted because, you know, I, when I read scriptures where it talks to when Jesus saying, you know, do this in my name and it will happen. And I pray for someone and I say, in Jesus name, be healed. And they don't get healed. And it makes me wonder. I'm thinking like, wait a second. Like he didn't, the, Jesus didn't say sometimes they'll be healed. Well, sometimes this will happen. He said like, they will be healed or this will be done. Mark 16, 15. And then he told them, go into all the world and preach the good news to everyone. Anyone who believes and is baptized will be saved. But everyone, anyone who refuses to believe will be condemned. These miraculous signs will accompany those who believe. So therefore, he's not just talking to the disciples. He's talking to everyone who believes. These miraculous signs will accompany those who believe. They will cast out demons in my name. They will speak in new languages. They will be able to handle snakes with safety. And if they drink anything poisonous, it won't hurt them. They will be able to place their hands on the sick and they will be healed. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I read verses like that and I'm thinking like, okay, well, he said like, you know, anyone who believes they will put their hands on the sick and they will be healed. And it's, you know, I, I was reading the New Living Translation. You, you know, people mm-hmm. who are listening, you can read other translations if you want. But that was the last thing that Jesus told the disciples to do, he, you know. And so I've, I've heard people say, well, he's, he's clearly just talking to the disciples and he's commanding them what to do. But when I read that, that's not, that doesn't seem to be true. He's saying anybody who's, you know, believes, this will accompany anyone who believes. And so Mm -hmm. to me, he's talking to me, I believe. Um, But practically, I haven't, I haven't read, you know, put my hands on the sick and they haven't been healed every time because scripturally, and again, I might be reading this wrong and correct me if I'm, if I am, but they will place their hands on the sick and they will be healed. Mm. So scripturally based, every time I place my hands on the sick, in Jesus' name, they will be healed. That's what the Bible says. And so mm. that's what I'm going to do. Um, I haven't seen it happen every time. And maybe that's a lack of faith. Maybe there's something else going on in the spirit realm. Um, but based off of you know that scripture, and there's plenty of other scriptures um, that you know we can nitpick through, you know, that's what I'm going to be doing. Mm, mm, mm. yeah 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 something that's definitely worth digging more into about yeah um, and i'm not saying i have all the answers believe me i i, I right, know right. i don't um right i don't right. think anybody does but it is something that you know i read this and i'm like man I'm, I'm very convicted about what the scripture actually says here and i think i could live a life and ignore certain scriptures and i feel like my life would be a lot easier because i don't like that. these scriptures like they're in the back of my head like often and so you know mm. always i'll see someone with like a limp leg or something like that and i'll be like oh man like jesus says that i could lay my hand on that person they're going to be healed and it would be very easy for me just to say no 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 he, you know based off my experiences that didn't happen and so that scripture didn't mean that therefore i don't have to pray for that person mm. but that person might never get healed ever then and so for me, I feel very convicted. Like that is what the scripture says. So I'm going to go ahead and mm. I'm going to follow what the scripture says. Um, mm. And it's tough because, you know, my track record, like I've said, it's not a hundred percent. And so, yeah, yeah. It, you know, it's something that like, you know, I kind of wrestle with just because I want to say like, God, you know, why, why isn't the kingdom of the heavens just open? And why aren't we just sealing healing after healing after healing based off of you know praying in your name and asking for these healings in your name 
Um, mm. But man, when someone does get healed or we do see some miraculous thing, like it's just like, oh mm. my goodness, like that really happened? Like God really did that. So, right. yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, this is it's, it's controversial for sure. I think we can like get like a lot more into that, but um, but you know, I, I do tend, I do wonder sometimes though, like if a part of a body, if a part of an emphasis does not hold like strongly to that conviction to say like you know it needs to be that healing, physical or emotional or spiritual needs to happen every time we lay hands on a person. If, if we don't have that conviction uh, and actually all in the back of our head resort to, oh, it happens sometimes, happens sometimes not. So it's okay for us not to see miracles. Like, could that part of a body grow, you know? It's tough. Really, like, our, the old, a lot of concerns that we have in this level of where we are, I think he's sort of, you know, looking at it kind of funny in the sense of like, I mean, he knows so much of what he's doing. And, and, and I don't know, like, if it, it maybe it looks something like maybe, maybe different parts of the body needs to grow on their own until they're mature enough and then they can start joining in together or someone like, I don't know. There's a lot of things that, yeah, I don't know. And I'm sure I'm going to have a lot of questions, you know, when yeah. I get to heaven. Um, but I do feel very convicted about, you know, the things that I'm doing. And, um, you know, I, I my big thing is, I, I never want my experiences because my experience says that mm. that verse isn't true. Jesus was lying in that verse, but mm. that's not the case. Like Jesus, he, he, he wasn't lying. And so there must be something else going on that's blocking that healing. And a hundred percent, like the healing isn't coming from me. You know, God's, God's healing that person. And, mm. you know, he's, he's using me to pray for that person, but you know, that's a hundred percent God's doing. He's, you know, if he wants to heal that person, he's going to heal that person, whether it's through me or not. But, mm. you know, I, I see that verses like that. And I'm just like, man, I, I'm just convicted to actually follow, uh, you know, mm. what mm. I feel like God's commanding me to do there. And then mm. not only that is also, um, like a secondary part of me that is continuously growing this relationship with God and, 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 and more and more hearing the clarity of God's voice. Um, and hearing the Holy Spirit move inside of me. And, um, and that's an ever-growing thing as well. And I feel like the more, it, it's a, the more I say yes, the, more it, the easier it is to say yes, um, in my opinion. And so mm. it's almost like a contagious thing where, you know, once I start saying no and I say, all right, you know, I feel like God's nudging me to go over there and pray for that person or God's saying, you know, you know, heal that person and, and pray for their leg or whatever it is. Um, and I say, no, like, you know, that's just my imagination. That's thinking that there's a part of that relationship with God. That's, you know, that's severed right there. I can just only imagine if my wife tells me, Hey, you know, can you go over there and, and, you know, do this, that, and that. And I say, no, like that, that's going to cause a sever in my relationship with my wife. And I feel like it's the same thing with God. And so I just want to continuously say yes. And with that said, I believe that relationship's going to be growing and growing and growing so I can hear the clarity of what his purposes are more and more as well. Mm, mm, mm. Yeah, no, great. Uh, let's, let's just move on. Uh, this is something that I wanted to ask you with uh, the association struggle and controversy. Uh, people struggle, I think many people struggle with ministers like 
Benny Hinn or Kenneth Copeland who are very much more blatantly out prosperity. I think mm. there isn't any more cover for these guys to say that, no, they're not about prosperity, whereas they're the life and the things that they have. And we also, we also have had like um, uh, the testimony of Consti, Consti Hinn, who, was, who also used to follow Benny Hinn and used to be like fellow ministers with, who later actually come to really understand the gospel and have stepped out of that ministry. And, he was, you know, he was also explaining about how luxurious the lifestyle was and the center of the message and the gospel really is a lot focused on that prosperity, you know, and the, the, the struggle is when we see different ministers uh, that are not um, necessarily publicly denouncing or, you know, drawing a line and say, okay, this is their ministry, but this is what we stand on sort of deal, you know, because people find like pictures of like Bill Johnson with Benny Hinn or like pictures of Kenneth Copeland with Todd White, for example, and et cetera. Yeah. yeah. Well, my whole philosophy with this is I, I don't follow, you know, any of those guys. I follow Jesus. I follow what the Bible says. You know, I think right. it's, um, you know, if someone says that they're only following a certain person or even if they only follow, uh, they don't say they only follow that person people got to realize that we're all human, you know, we're going to mess up. And I don't really know. I, I've never listened to any of Kenny Co uh, Kenneth Copeland's messages um, or Benny Hinn's messages. So I really don't have much to say about that just because I don't have a whole lot of experience with that. But I, do, I have listened to a, a few of Bill Johnson's messages. Every, every message I've heard, I felt like are really good. But with that said, you know, even if I've listened to every single one and I've heard every sermon and I've read all of his books and I feel like, okay, this is, you know, he's, he's got the foundation down and he's got expanded on the foundation. I never want to be in the position where I am not listening to the Holy Spirit. I'm not listening to what Jesus is actually telling me and working in me. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. And I think a lot of people, it's really tough because if one of these big faith leaders, you know, gets exposed for something that's going on, you know, I've just seen too many people say like, ha, like take that, you all, all of you Christians are hypocrites. And you know, you can see that, you know, this big leader, he was supposed to be this amazing person and he messed up. And mm. the response is like, of course, you know, he's a hypocrite, you know, he, he's not perfect. And so for mm. you to think that that person is, you know, above the law, he's not, he is, he's fallen, you know, the same as you have. Um, mm. and so I do believe that we should put, you know, our, our spiritual leaders on a higher pedestal. But with that said, we got to realize that none of us are perfect. We've all fallen short of God's glorious ideal. And, um, you know, no matter how amazing someone perceives themselves to be, there's always something, you know, that's, that's going to be tough. That's going to really hurt. Um, and so the things that I've seen it, there are certain, you know, faith leaders that, they're popular and i just see some of the things they've done or said and i just like oh man like that just hurts me because i am you know i'm a christian like that's part of my body and so um yeah my response is that like you know i it hurts me just because that's my left foot to my right foot you know and so mm. it's the same body there and um there's obviously you know people that have faults and um you know leaders are the same as us so yeah Mm -hmm. yeah they need jesus just like us mm -hmm. great yeah without getting too much into the controversy i think this i think it's a it's an important thing that jazz laid out of like you know 
just follow Jesus. Yeah, I think that's the core thing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And honestly, I, I really, I, I can't really expand much more on, on those two in particular, just because I, I haven't really watched their stuff. And so. Right, 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 right. And I think that is a good thing to say, actually, you know, be, uh, without having to hear what the others portray him as or someone like to actually listen it's to re- their messages. Regardless, and the you know, regardless of who's preaching, you know, I'm, I'm going to follow Jesus. Right, right, right. That is the most fundamental thing for sure. Uh, Nick, I think this has been a long but packed conversation, and I've been really loving this conversation that we've had been having. And uh, first, want to say thank you so much for making the time. And you know, it's I know it's a bit late over that yeah. side, and and you should be tired for right reasons. But uh, thank you for <laughs> yeah. making this happen, and I really appreciate it. Yeah. Um, well, you're welcome. I appreciate you, man, and I just love how you seek the truth and. That's just what we want, right? And so, uh, yeah, thanks for, for doing this. Mm-hmm. It's such a refreshing thing, you know, to, to have these conversations and to see a lot of things in agreement and also to be able to extend ourselves and our perspectives. I think this is uh, what we really need to have more conversations on about. But um, before we go, I want to ask, like, how can, if anybody listening to this uh, feels in their hearts they want to support you or your mission uh, in any ways like how do we subscribe to what you're doing and how do we support your mission yeah and so with I, I brought up hub ministries a lot that's my parents ministry i do a lot of things with them still obviously um but my wife and i and our baby you know we're in the midst of moving to madagascar we feel like god's been calling us there for a few years now and so um our ministry that we're in the process of solidifying right now is called go and love uh, ministries and our website is www.goandlove.com you can follow us on youtube and facebook as well i, I love facebook friends and we post often and, and share what we're doing um you know in a quick jiffy we're just following what god wants us to do we're going there with a very open heart and just saying okay god you called us here therefore you got to show up you know we're going to walk or, or travel around and say where do you actually want us to be planted in this country and what do you actually want us to do um, we have so much experience in so many different facets of ministry and missions and we just want to do what god wants us to do there to create the biggest impact for the kingdom um rather than us going there and saying we're gonna you know do this this and this we're just gonna go there humble hearts and say okay god you know speak to us and show up mm-hmm. amazing stuff well thank you very much nick i will be uh, on board with uh, praying for you and your family and your ministry and i am really looking forward to what the lord is going to be doing with you guys there in madagascar appreciate it bro all right thanks for watching everyone